Hello and welcome back. Now, I know I said something like I probably wouldn't record another episode, but I feel like I need to do some myth busting. There are a lot of myths going on right now about why we're in virtual school and how this is going on, so I think let's get at it. Number one, we went virtual starting November 16th through December 4th, so this upcoming Friday, and we went virtual for one reason only, but there's been a lot of, you know, guesstimating on social media sites that the one I see a lot is we went virtual, like, and everybody needs to shut up about face-to-face because we went virtual because of a lack of bus drivers and teachers. Like, you know, we can't have school without bus drivers and teachers. And while that has maybe been a thing I've seen on the news in other districts, that has never been a thing for us. It has never been mentioned by my administrative team at the site. I've never seen it in an email from the district. We went virtual for one reason only, that the county went red in terms of COVID cases. That's it. There is nothing else. So I don't know where they're getting that from, but that's never been communicated to staff in emails. That's never been communicated to parents in emails. And I'm also a parent in the district, so I get those emails too. So yeah, but more on that red thing in a second. Number two, now that we've actually started our first full virtual week of school with all of the like virtual classes and they've been instructed like we're supposed to be available during at each class period time for a Google Meet session, need to clear something else up. Parents, students, no. No, you are not required to have your child sit down and meet at all of the sessions. It was never told that we had to do that. Technically, from the get-go, the principals have been very clear that we can't like hold them accountable and count attendance against them or because they don't show up. Because just for the sheer basic fact that some of our families have limited devices, like more than they do in terms of uh, students they have in their house. So it's kind of difficult for like elementary school sibling and middle school and high school sibling to all be on at the same time going to their virtual classes when they, you know, only have two devices. So yeah, I know some teachers have been threatening, saying it's mandatory, you have to, and maybe that's just their authoritarian streak. They're, like, trying to get their fist through the screen and control the students' and families' lives, even during this. And That's just not how virtual works. Um, We were always told to, if you have a session, a lesson, maybe like a math class, where you have to, like, show them how to work through a problem, if you're doing that in class with the different groups, then just record it and put it up for everyone to see. And that makes sense. But no. Students, you do not have to show up every hour on the hour. Um, it's not kind of against you. And I know in the district email they played word games. Like they didn't say required. They said students should log in each hour to their classes. And listen to that. Should is not required. There, it's different words here, but they're trying to pull a game on you by saying should instead of required. Because they know that you'll interpret it as, oh, I have to. No, well, you know, you know, you should floss your teeth every night. But do we all do that? I mean, I just went to the dentist last week and I had to admit, it's like, you know, every other day, probably, at best. I know, that sounds gross, sorry. But should and required are two different things. And I guess number three, myth busting. And this is the one that really got me going over the weekend. Because like I said earlier, we went virtual for one reason and one reason only. The county went red. So during the break, 
you know, last week was our second week of a three-week cycle of virtual. During the break, I thought, oh, I, I should look at the county or the uh, state Oklahoma State Department of Health website to see how things are going. I haven't heard anything. Are we are we red? Are we going back to orange? And as I uh, kind of woke up in the morning, I was getting moving. I uh, pulled up the website, and lo and behold, my county was orange. And I thought that is so weird. Um, by the way, I, I think I'm I'm gonna upgrade and link these this data in the show notes. Wow, that sounded really fancy to say. But no, so I clicked on that for like the 19th of November, and it was orange. I'm like, hmm, that's weird. And then I clicked on the 12th back when this kind of all started, and I'm like, hmm. It's orange. I literally clicked every week's report all the way back to July 8th, and my county has never been red. I'm like, what is that about? So I clicked the most recent one of November 26th, and sure enough, we're at orange. 80, uh, this is a seven-day average of 80 cases per 100,000 people, which according to the chart is orange, 14.9 case, more than 14.29 cases. Red is more than 14.29 cases and trigger. That's all it says. So you follow the asterisk to the bottom of the screen, and it's, the trigger is, it's real small. County resides in a region where COVID-19 patients represent 40% or more of staffed beds. And I was like, oh, that kind of makes sense. They're contextualizing the case numbers. Because, and, and we've done that from the beginning. I remember, like we always said, it's not about cases, it's about hospitalizations. And so our Oklahoma Health Department is saying that, yes, these are the per 100,000 numbers, but we also have to look at beds. And for our central region is where my county is, it is currently 29% of beds, our staff, of staff beds for COVID patients. Two weeks ago when this got started and supposedly it was the worst ever and we need to go red, it was like 19%. And that makes sense. And so I, I kind of was like, I need to talk to someone at school. And I found a colleague this morning and I kind of mentioned it to them and they were like, that's weird. I've never heard of that. All I've ever heard is how red we are. And I was like, no, it's not true. And as another colleague came in and said, oh my gosh, it's all red. I'm like, no, it's not. And they were like, no, it is. So we traded information. And um, sure enough, they were looking at, let's see, what is it? The Oklahoma State School Boards Association's map. And if you pull up their map, yeah, the entire state is red except for three counties in the southeast corner, which that is weird to me because how are how are we using the same data and coming up with different results? And that's when I had to look at it. While the State Department of Health contextualizes the case numbers by looking at also hospital staffed hospital beds, the Oklahoma State School Boards Association does not. They they've added some extra levels. They have an orange two. And they've shifted it around. Um, red is more than 50 cases per 100,000. And that's it. Like, that's it. It's just number of cases. No no contextualization on how it's harming, like, potentially hurting the community. That's it. So it's like, what? no wonder this is so confusing to people. Because we can't even agree on the same set of numbers. And what really gets me is in the... Oklahoma State School Boards Association website, they talk about source data being Oklahoma State Health Department, which for some people looking at it, I go, oh, this is what the State Health Department says. No, they just get the numbers from them, and then they run it through their own filter and post what they want things to say with the different levels of orange and then red with no contextualization in terms of hospital beds. It's just, it's just frustrating. And maybe I'm just being grumpy because I just had my first virtual 
day and it was just not much. I, I, I sat I entered more messages and emails than I did spend time talking with students. I just sat in an empty classroom. It's made for like twenty five to thirty students and it was just me. And uh, it's rough. Cause this is not in a million years what I envisioned I would be doing when I went off to college to be a teacher. Like not even college, but like when I had that tug of my heart that I wanted to work with students as a teacher, I couldn't have imagined this is what it was going to be like. So, but I'll be fine. I have, I have uh, good friends, I have good students, I have a great family, and I'm probably just going to hop off this microphone and go hang out with them, see what my wife's up to, see what show she wants to watch tonight, talk to my son, he's uh, playing the latest Assassin's Creed game, so which I love those games, so I'll talk to him about that. And then I'll go to bed and do this again tomorrow. And uh, hopefully some straightforward numbers can be decided on. Hopefully some cooler heads can prevail, because this is not good for our students. And it's definitely not so great for me. But, yeah, maybe just, and that's what we can do. Focus on the things in your control and focus on the good that you have. Find those friends, find that family, find that show you've always wanted to watch and just relax for a bit. Yeah, I think that's what we should do. All right, well, myths busted as always. Have a day.